That's exactly what this I is want. candid as yeah. <laughs> it's just talk horses. Yeah, for sure. Is the pressure there to win there because we desire approval of others or trying to prove something to ourselves? Or both. It'll be both. Yo, Adrian! Remember that? Yeah. I'm <laughs> I did it! That's it for me. I did it for me. You see a lot of people wanting to go back to whatever it is that's associated with horses, that out west, that being connected to the environment, being connected to um, animals and that. And so I think it is that draw of going back to a more simplistic time. I think people are just going back to it um, and getting involved more and more because of just that, that feeling of what you felt when you're out west and you're conquering the land and conquering this thousand pound animal and that empowerment that comes with it. I could sit down with Daryl Twizzleman and have some yeah. conversations. That guy is, you know, like the last remaining cowboy, old school. He reminds me of a, a, one of my heroes, B.F. Yates, uh, who's just mm -hmm. no nonsense, heart of gold. That was, that was the impression I got from watching the episode on Twizzleman Ranch. There's some people that come out and a dental or a float is nothing more than taking the sharp points off. You're going to have to come up with a uh, smoother name than equilibration and balance. And I know, I don't know of it, but <laughs> that works. Float so works, and that's why we stick something. with it. Sequential. I'm glad you counted 17 laps. Oh, dude, I was I was hanging on for dear life. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was. They went by fast. How many laps would it take for you to quit? <laughs> that's a great question. If you know me, I don't quit. From Mississippi State University in Starkville, Mississippi, this is Taking the Reins Podcast. If you love all things horses, get ready for a relatable and educational look into the lives of horses and the people who love them. Now here's our host, Clay Cavender. Well, now that we're 10 episodes into Taking the Reins, I, I wanted to look back and kind of give a recap of what I thought was working well and, and maybe some things that we could work on to improve over the next 10, 20 30 episodes of taking the reins. I tell you the the thing that I've learned the most here is that starting something new is just it's difficult, but it's also rewarding at the same time. You know, how do you get to be good at something? It's just sheer practice, determination to try something new and to uh, work at it, to hone a skill, to hone a craft. So that's something that I've had to really think about over the past few months we're we're almost five i guess five months in to taking the reins i started the first episode uh at the end of july here we are at the end of december and so there's a lot of things i, I think back and, and i'm grateful for astonished really to think that i made it this far i had no idea what it was going to entail when we started in july and if i haven't said it before i spent eight nine months prior to july just trying to figure out what i wanted to do how to do it and then uh, garnered up the encouragement and the fortitude just to go out there and push play. And it's been fun so far, which I'm, I'm happy about. What do I think is working for the podcast? I'm very encouraged by the fact that we're being honest. It's engaging. The people I've had on have been really engaging. But at the same time, it's also been informative. 
And with any type of endeavor, I think, like this teaching in some capacity, it has to be informationally driven. But it also doesn't need to be so sterile that people aren't intrigued by listening. So I think we've gone down that path some. And then I've gotten input from you guys. I've gotten emails. I've gotten phone calls. I've gotten text messages. My guests have gotten contacted as well uh, with encouragement, which says a ton. I got an email just a couple weeks ago that I wanted to highlight, and it's kind of lengthy, so I'm, I'm going to read it verbatim. I want you to think back. If you listen to the first real episode uh, we put out was The Outside of a Horse, and there's Outside of a Horse Part 1, Outside of a Horse Part 2, because it's kind of broken into kind of this research-based aspect in Part 2 versus the personal aspect in Part 1. But if you remember that episode and you listen to it, I mentioned someone, Leslie Figueredo. She was in just an integral part in, in me starting some research that I did with the horse-human interaction. And, and I do think that she was kind of um, divinely appointed to me. It was just a weird coincidence how we met. But Leslie contacted me after listening to that episode and when we were talking in that episode about how the something about the outside of a horse that's good for the inside of a man, and I made a mention in there, I made a comment in there that um, it's kind of an anecdotal comment, but something I've observed growing up is I haven't met very many females, young ladies who have not had an interest in horses at some point in their life. And I, that's always been intriguing to me is why is that? And, uh, you know, I made the mention I have two sisters and they both enjoyed horses and, and growing up and um, they didn't continue that pursuit into adulthood. But uh, it just seems like a lot of girls growing up have a fascination with horses. Leslie heard that. And she said, this is this is what she said. She said, I listened to podcast one. The whole conversation about what draws us to horses and the aspect of confidence reminded me of this statistic in Horse Sense for the Leader Within by Ariana Strazzi. So this is a quote from that book by Ariana Strazzi. And it says, over 70% of girls go through a phase in which they daydream incessantly about horses. Theory has it that the horse represents the beauty and power that they desire. Right at the time, the pressures of their sex and age squelches their self-confidence. A girl can live her self-confidence on the back of a horse in a way she is unable to do in her everyday life. The beauty that the horse reveals on the outside is the same beauty she longs for on the inside. The horse is strong and powerful and her ability to ride the horse proves that she too can be strong and powerful. Thus, horse-crazy girls who actually get to ride horses on a regular basis cultivate a relationship with power that can inform the entire arc of their lives. Many of these girls go on to become high-level executives. I have found that over 70% of the powerful executive women I have met or worked with rode horses as teenagers. Over 30% of them continue to ride in spite of their busy careers. I believe it is because they learn from the horse how to be assertive, confident, declarative, and passionate. And they translated these qualities into other areas of their lives naturally and without thought. Most don't relate their present leadership abilities to their earlier years of practicing horsemanship. They take for granted that moving a thousand pounds of living mass is not as easy as it looks on the surface. And neither is human relationship. 
As a young girl, I became addicted to how easily my complicated world fell away when I was atop my mare. The world was reduced to her and me, our spirits becoming one, the wind in our hair, the open landscape, breath and movement, breath and stillness. My horse sang to me with every step, are you with me? Calling me to be present and mindful. When my relationships with humans were confusing, I found safe harbor with horses. They didn't care if I made a mistake or I had a bad hair day. They always offered their spirit wholeheartedly and asked me to be as beautiful as they, as powerful as they. I would stretch myself beyond what I thought I could possibly do just to show them I could. In those early days of my life, horses were my first teachers of the fundamental principles behind all leadership. In yourself, commit yourself to what you believe in and assert yourself wholeheartedly. When I wasn't at the stables, my friends and I would play horse for hours taking turns being horses that had good owners and horses that had bad owners. The good owner symbolized a person you looked up to, admired, and wanted to serve or do things for. The bad owner was demanding and unfeeling, forcing his leadership upon us, and we followed him with a broken spirit and because we had no choice, not dissimilar to the good boss, bad boss phenomenon. Without even knowing, it was already, I was already learning how to relate to my human life from an equine perspective. End quote. What great perspective, and it makes a lot of sense as well. And this is what Leslie said at the end of this. This is from Leslie. This is what she said at the end of this email. Leslie says, I think she does a great job of articulating why we are drawn to horses and some of the translatable benefits to our lives. This stat has always stuck with me and given me gratitude for having horses as a part of my childhood, as I can so closely relate to the peace and safety she found in the barn when teen years and relationships were hard. The simplicity of the barn and even the routine chores you spoke of in the podcast of mucking stalls and feeding are all rhythmic activities that calms our brains and lowers stress and cortisol levels, end quote. I think that sums up the outside of a horse pot, the podcast episodes part one and two. I think that's great perspective. And I appreciate very much that Leslie, you reached out to me to kind of summarize that and give perspective from Ariana Strazzi's book. That does it. You know, that so many of us can relate to so many of those things, whether you were a young lady or a young male growing up, I think you can probably relate to some aspect of that um, pretty routinely. Here's some things I wrote down. I thought about what I've learned through this podcast. Three things. I actually know more people than I thought I did. And that relationships are critically important to our success, both personally and professionally. You know, we said it so many times in so many episodes about how cliche it is to say it's not what you know, but who you know. And, and we have to know, we have to have information and and be educated, but we also got to know people and, and be connected to some degree, not just for the benefit of industry, but for our own benefit. I think how sad is it that some people don't put value in working with others and getting to know them and making lifelong friends along the way. I'm the most appreciative of the fact that I have friends in my life that no matter what I was dealing with, no matter where I'd been, they still loved me and cared for me and stuck with me through good times and bad. And that's another thing. Every one of the people I've talked to and the people that have given me feedback have realized that we all go through bad times and bad things and we need each other to help survive those things. 
So I'm grateful for the fact that through this podcast, I've learned that the value of my relationships with others is uh, actually better than it ever was. Two, I've, I've learned to take my own advice. I've told others through coaching and teaching that anything worth doing is hard to do. And this podcast has helped me to take my own advice and to be patient and grow with it. None of us have anything figured out when we start fresh. It takes some bumps and some bruises to learn. And it takes the, the compassion of others to help us along the way. And three, I've learned from you. I've appreciated so much the conversations that I've had with people so far that have reinforced the values and the traits that I want in my life, but have also given me new perspectives on different aspects of agriculture, life, industry. If you listen to the Back Row Cowgirls episode, I want to go back to that for a second. That episode to me just happened. I didn't really think about how it was going to happen. It's just that Kaya and Courtney both were just so gracious in talking with me and are just amazing, amazing women. And they have such a good perspective on life. And if you remember that episode, Kaya brought up a Teddy Roosevelt quote from a speech called Man in the Arena. I want to read that too. It says, Teddy Roosevelt says, quote, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends himself in a worthy cause? Who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement? And who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly? So that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. End quote. I was so encouraged by that. I'm actually going through something currently, a choice that I've got to make, a decision I've got to make professionally. That is, you know, with any any life choices is scary. Uh, it's intimidating. But in reading that, I had to ask myself, what am I scared of? And, and the answer was failure. In that episode, Courtney and I talk a lot about failures. She she wrote an article, a little blog about failure, and it spoke so greatly to me because we sit in our comfort zones, scared to do something because we're scared of failure. And what's the old saying that comfort is a slow death? I think about that. I don't want to look back on my life and go, I, I should have done things or I could have done things if I'd only had the courage to do them. And those of you that have kids, I think you could probably relate to this. The, the lesson that I want to teach my daughter is to be courageous, is to try things, to put herself out there and not be willing and not be, not be afraid of not succeeding in everything she does. And to learn that the value of earning something, achieving something, comes with the courage to step out and do it and also the practice and the patience it takes to become good at it. So I, I really appreciate Courtney and Kai bringing out 
that those topics in Back Row Cowgirls episode. Also, my buddy Rob, when we did the mental toughness episode, man, the feedback has been really good from that. That has gotten the most downloads off of uh, all of the episodes to this to date. And many people have just said that this episode was encouraging to them, and many of them are not even horse people. And I think it's just because of the honesty and the openness with which Rob spoke, connected with so many people. Now, you know, there's always critics. There's always people who probably think that this shouldn't be said or that shouldn't be said. But and I, and I haven't gotten any of those. I'm just I'm just thinking maybe there's somebody out there that does think that. But I value Rob and his opinion uh, and his ability to be to be open. And that's hard to do sometimes. And so I really appreciate the fact that he did that. And then, of course, we came back and just did a fun episode with the horse training stories. That was just us chatting and. Uh, that was just a fun episode as well. So lots of good stuff that have come from doing this endeavor. Um, and so I hope you're as encouraged by it as I am. So where do we go next? Well, I'm going to continue to look for additional ways to bring stories to you that also educate, which include but are not limited to horses. I'm trying to always remake, make these episodes connected by the common denominator which is horses and for the most part we've done that back row cowgirls was an episode where it was not directly connected to horses but was such a great episode i'm getting ready to travel back to texas to connect with some great friends and heroes of mine such as dennis sigler bf yates some former students who are killing it today in the horse world like calvin waters joe pluhar parker flannery uh, amanda zuniga and cole cameron and then connect with some old friends too. Todd Martin, Flavio Ribeiro, and Leslie Figueredo is actually going to be uh, one of our guests here coming up soon. So many additional ideas pop up that involve talking with some really neat people who have a horse background, such as PBR professional announcer and podcaster Matt West of Matt West Now Podcast. Also, my good friend, Dr. Amy McLean, who is probably the leading person in in the u.s at least for mule related research and then also uh horsemanship guru warwick schiller is going to be a guest on an episode coming up so i hope you continue to to invest in time to listen to our podcast if you've got ideas or of neat people that i don't know that you would you would think would be interesting guests shoot them to me i'd love to talk to them and love to explore their ideas and their journey through the horse world so with that said, I appreciate all of you for listening. I hope that the next 10 episodes are even better than what we started with and that uh, you will encourage your friends and other people who might be interested in listening to what we have to say. Encourage them to take a gander, take a peek at what we got. So thank you very much. I hope you're enjoying the ride as much as I am. Until next time. Thank you for joining us on Taking the Reins. A special thank you goes to the Mississippi State Extension Service and the MSU Animal and Dairy Sciences Department. Please visit us on Facebook and Instagram at Taking the Reins Podcast.